Cheers. Hello, hello. Thank you again for coming back to another episode of Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Yeah. I'm your host, Trizzy. And I'm Leah, LA in Flight, on all your social media platforms where you can follow us and you can follow our podcast. And don't forget, we are a visual podcast as well on YouTube, so subscribe to our channel, Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Stitcher as well. Yeah. So today our topic is going to be moving to Australia on a holiday and work visa. Um, I'm going to be mediating more again because I haven't even been to Australia yet. (laughs) Um, But Leah's lived there. Isn't that crazy? I have. I made the move there. But before we get into all that, today, uh, January 5th day of recording, there are crazy large bushfires still raging throughout all of Australia um, in all corners of the country. So we want to be cognizant of that. And there are dozens of ways that you can help out yourself. I know a lot of us can't get out, can't get out there and, and fight the fires ourselves, but there are several ways you can donate to wildlife organizations, housing organizations, um, Red Cross is helping out, uh, suppliers, and to all the the first responders that are out there, and um, local relief organizations as well. So remember that no amount is too small, no act of kindness will go unnoticed, and anything you can do to provide your your time or your contribution is massively appreciated. And we'll be sure to link all the ways you can donate and help out Australia in this massive time of need. Um, during these wildfires. We'll be sure to link them right here. Condolences to Australia. We're praying for you guys over here. Um, wishing you the best. And yeah, like Leah said, uh, donate what you can. Prayers and positive thoughts over there. Yep. <clears throat> um, so to dive in to the episode. Mm-hmm. Leah, Leah. <laughs> so how did the idea come to be? So you're done with south america mm-hmm. and you're just like what i i want a different continent to live <laughs> in. Like, what's the deal <laughs> yeah so the idea of australia actually came to me while i was living and bartending in peru in south america nice and i had met kate we became really good fast friends mm-hmm. and everyone that i was kind of serving in the bar in the hostel was a lot of them were from europe on their way to australia to do their working holiday visa. And Kate was like, I I had no idea what it was Mm -hmm. a few years ago. I was like, what is this? So I started looking into it. And Kate's like, well, yeah, after this year in South America, I'm also going to go to Australia and do my second year. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. She's like, yeah, you should just just come Mm -hmm. since you know so many people there. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I looked into it, (laughs) literally looked into it, did a few few days of research. Within a week, I had made a decision. I'm like, well, next year I wasn't really going to do any. I was going to go travel for longer. I was going to go backpack Southeast Asia. I think that was my first plan. I didn't really have plans to return to L.A. and start working again, like Uh full time. And I was like, oh, I'll just move to Australia and live there for a year and see how that goes. Yeah. So that's where that idea came came to be was while I was in Mm -hmm. South America. (laughs) 
That's crazy. Yeah. I basically, Kate and I like to say that I followed her there, which <laughs> really, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Well, she did open the invite, right? Yeah. So Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, you didn't stay at Sydney where a lot of people, you know, know Australia. When they think Australia, mm-hmm. Sydney. So, but you moved into Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> Well, I guess to the rest of us, yeah. there is an R, but right, right. Australians don't really pronounce the R, so you'll be hearing me say Melbourne yeah. the whole time. Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. I'll be saying Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> I try um, to say it like a local. Yeah. But yeah, Sydney is very <laughs> iconic. They obviously have the Opera House, the right. Harbour Bridge. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, iconic landmarks there that you would recognize sure. it by. However, I tell people this all the time while I was traveling. I met heaps of people from both cities, yeah. the two of the big, the biggest cities in Australia. Right. Everyone from Sydney always had something to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had lockout laws, which involved the bars and the bars and clubs, where wow. you couldn't switch bars after a certain time. You couldn't take shots after a certain time. You couldn't X Y Z. Right. Oh. I actually think this was a few years ago. So okay. I actually think most of those, a few of those laws, are lifted now. Gotcha. The whole point of those laws was to. Um, to try to lower the crime rate. Okay. Because there were, you know, uh, beatings and robberies and all types of things happened. But what it actually Mm -hmm. was doing was just pushing the crime outside of the city to the outskirts and to the suburbs, Uh, right? Ah, got you, yeah. So Sydney had lockout laws. Sydney also didn't have great public transportation, and it was crazy big and sprawling. Yeah. And uh, there was so much traffic and... So somewhat like L.A. with the traffic and the... Not so good public transportation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, no, you'd hear all these complaints from people who, from these Sydney siders who, yeah, live there. However, whenever I talked to someone from Melbourne, mm-hmm. no one ever complained about anything. In fact, they would brag about how it's the best city in the world, cool. which it did have the title of most livable city for seven years running. Cover it, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That in like Vienna and Austria, Ooh. but no one ever complained. So with, mm-hmm. even without ever visiting the country, I had made a decision. Um, it also helped that I had like six people that I knew yeah. going right. into Melbourne, and like those people in Melbourne, I was much closer with than yeah. anyone that lived in Sydney. Okay, so it was an easy, really an easy choice right. for me. Yep, mm-hmm. easy <laughs> choice to move to a different continent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Talk to you. Yeah. Uh, you go, Leah. I mean, um, I understand. I understand the privilege associated with it. So, mm. but you worked um, hard, so you deserved it. Yeah. I mean, I, the way I you live. planned it very articulately. Yeah. I mean, which goes into you making that decision. All right, I'm gonna move to Australia for you. Yeah. So my thought was, well, moving to another city in itself is an adventure. Um, Australia is pretty notorious for being pretty expensive to travel around. Mm. So I wasn't going about to try to backpack around there first thing. Right. My point was, oh, move there, settle down, find a job, okay. re-up the finances, Yeah. you know, grow the wallet a little bit fatter since you just came off a year of traveling in South America. Right. And, and enjoy the city. Yeah. Enjoy being an expat. Enjoy living there. That's crazy. Um, and then my backup plan was, you know, if all else fails, I'll travel for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come home. Yeah. I think I'm very, very lucky in the sense that my family and my parents, especially, like, 200% supportive every time. Like, yeah. every time some I would go off on a big adventure, they're always like, 
don't be afraid to come home. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew if Australia wasn't going to work out, um, which I highly doubted that it wouldn't, mm. um, I could always come home. And a lot of people don't have that luxury. Yeah. So I'm very, very fortunate in, in that sense. And Aww. I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> Explain how the process was like um, preparing for this trip because obviously the documents is one thing Mm -hmm. but as you know more of your personal preparation like what what would you have to right prep for all that i actually think the documents were the hardest part about this trip Mm. because i had just come off a year of south america literally just uh all the mental and emotional prep i had already done it yeah yeah before South America. Um, finan- it was more financial and visa prep. So okay. let me tell you a little bit about the visa I went on. It's it's called a work and holiday visa, subclass 462. Okay. And it is for certain countries around the globe, about mm-hmm. 15 to 20 of them. You can all look this up on the Australian government website. Yeah. Um, I submitted my application. I'm not even kidding. On... In the middle of April, I got um, my visa approved 30 minutes later. Wow. So fast. And they'll tell you it could take up to three weeks to six weeks. Yeah. I literally got it approved 30 minutes later. I'm like, okay, they're they're working out there in Australia. They needed you. Yeah. So (laughs) how this visa works, um, there's two work and holiday visas. Mm -hmm. 462, the one I went on. 417 is the other main one. That's the one where many of the... um, French, Irish, and Brits. Come on. 417. Okay. That one's a little bit different. Gotcha. Um, the exceptions are a little bit different. 462. The Australian government um, says this on their website. The whole point of this visa is an exchange of cultures. Yeah. So they promote other countries coming in and um, exchanging their culture with Australia, which That's is great. So cool, yeah. So they want you to work there. Or you can go on. It's basically an extended holiday there, yeah. whichever you like. U.S. citizens for the 462, all you need is a high school diploma. So you just need to be pretty much graduated from high school. Yep. Yeah. When you are applying for the visa, you must be between the ages of 18 and 30, including 18 and 30. So you basically have up until a day before you're 31 to apply and get approved for the Mm. visa. Okay. Right? After your visa is granted, you have one year exactly to enter the country. So you could be 31 and entering the country. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, you can't be a felon, of course. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, you must have proof of finances that can sustain you in Australia. Wow. Uh, they say about 5,000 Australian dollars with a little bit of arts and crafts. You can show them a form that has 5,000 Australian dollars in your bank account. Okay. So, um, I did not get asked for it at immigration. Okay. So I didn't have to prove anything. Yeah. It truly depends on your gate agent or your immigration agent. Right. It truly depends. Um, you also, while you're on this visa for a year, you can't work for a company for more than six months, <laughs> which I think is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because they want you to get experience with different companies. That's amazing. So you can't work for a company for yeah. more than six months. So that was that process, like preparing to leave. So I, because I got approved so quickly, yeah. I, I was like, oh, this makes me feel even more confident yeah. about going. Cause I'm like, right. wow, that was so easy. For sure. Uh, I did forget to mention the visa is about, uh, Today, it's about 480 Australian, which is a little less than 400 US. Jeez. Um, I don't think it was that different a few years ago when I went. Yeah. I think a minus $50 or so. Okay. And so, you, you filled it out correctly this time and yes. not to do a double <laughs> visa. 
Oh my god. Which happened double- in her South America trip. <laughs> Argentina. So yeah. Double visa and then yeah, they yeah. removed the visa requirement period. Right, yeah. So I paid three hundred dollars for nothing. Luckily it didn't happen this time. For nothing. She was more yeah. prepared. More <laughs> way more prepared. Um, as far as packing. Yeah. I packed the same way I did for South America. I brought my 80 liter backpack and I brought a bigger suitcase just because I was arriving in the middle of winter for one. Oh yeah. And two, I knew I was settling down. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I'm traveling on the go all the time, I knew I'd be doing a lot more washing, but this yes. I was like, oh, I kind of want like some of my wardrobe yeah. back. So, um, I brought the backpack again because I thought, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll travel around Australia mm-hmm. a bit. If I can't find a job for whatever reason, yeah. I'll travel around Australia for a bit. Yeah. Emotional, mental, like I said, no preparing emotional, yeah, mental for that since I already had just done it a year prior, right. so that was easy. Yeah, it was funny because my family and friends were just kind of like, "Oh, where are you off to this time?" Yeah. And isn't that a, such a cool question? Yeah, to get, though? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. I'm like, oh, in fact, I'm going to Australia yeah. this time around. Like so. They're they're like planning for you to say like, "Oh, I just want to rest here in LA," but you're like, "Nope, yeah. I'm going to Australia." Nope. Uh, honestly, my <laughs> thinking was, I am never gonna have this time mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah, I'm gonna do it now. Right. So That's I'm like, this great. is too perfect. Yeah. Um, as far as finances, finances and jobs, finances. <laughs> I was very, very little money. Mm. I was going to take the, because I had, you know, like I said, just backpack Southam for a year. Um, I was going to take the first good job that came my way. Um, And I did get one, which was actually a high paying supervisor role in my old industry of advertising. Cool. I feel like, I feel like someone from the old country going, I came with a nickel or a dime in my pocket (laughs) and I built myself from the ground up. (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of what I feel like yeah. right now. Um, I didn't have a budget because I didn't have a lot of money. So my mm-hmm. biggest goal was to literally get to Oz, find a job, make yeah. money. Yeah. That was that was the goal. That was it, the foundation that you wanted yep. to set first. Yep, yep, absolutely. It wasn't even like, let me budget the money that I have. I'm like, no, I couldn't even do that. Right, right. <laughs> like, I gotta eat. I gotta eat for the first week there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for jobs, it was interesting because I was very proud of myself that I had a job signed a contract before I even got on the plane to go there. Wow. So I networked hard. I had some friends. I mean, it helped. I already had some friends on the ground in Australia. Um, One in particular who's very high up in her industry. Cool. And we had similar industries. So Mm -hmm. she networked me with a few recruiters. Um, All those conversations happened quickly. Yeah. And we were able to get an agreement out within like two weeks. That's so cool. Yeah. Y'all, this is my friend right here. (laughs) You see what she just did? The power, (laughs) truly the power of networking. But you have to, you have to go after it. Yeah. That's amazing. Or you have to get after it. As the Aussies would say, get Get after after it. it. Yeah. (laughs) You have to. Um, Cool. Yeah, so that was a process, like, getting there. Actually, one tip uh, that would apply to... Because people are like, okay, where where did you live, right? Yeah. One of my hot tips for traveling is always have one night booked somewhere or that place where you arrive. Oh, okay. At least one night because... You have no idea how late you're going to get there, if there are going to be delays, right. what accommodation's going to be like. Mm-hmm. You don't know the safety of the places usually. And this, I mean, it applies to mainly backpackers who like to literally rock up and be like, I'll just find accommodation when I get there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not that risky because okay. like, you, especially somewhere you don't speak the language. I'm not talking about Australia, but yeah. 
In um, general. In like, general, yeah. Somewhere you don't speak the language, always have one night booked in an accommodation. And then you can extend it or find a new place or right. head to the next place, etc. Sure. But with Australia, <clears throat> I had kind of started looking for apartments beforehand on some Facebook groups. Okay. And I wasn't going to live alone because yeah. I wanted to keep my expenses low. Yeah. So I um, stay, I booked one week in a hostel. Okay. And the hostel was like a long-term hostel. So there were a lot of people on their working visas okay. there. Nice. And then within that first week, I actually found a room in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, a really nice one, actually. All right. So how was life like when, once you arrived? Right. Once I got there. So I arrived in the beginning of May. Their okay. summer starts, uh, sorry, their winter starts June 1st. Right, so, I so arrived. that's insane. Yeah. Because right now, it's it's winter for us, but it's summer for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Southern Hemisphere, yeah. So they, uh, I arrived when it was cold, starting to get cold. But the thing about Melbourne specifically mm-hmm. is there's actually a song about it. It's like four seasons in one day. Okay. So I always tell people, come with like layers yeah come with a jacket that would keep you warm but Mm -hmm. also maybe an umbrella or raincoat because it'll start raining yeah for 10 minutes and then it'll be sunny and like 85 degrees (laughs) the next hour oh wow it's kind of crazy yeah so be prepared for all that um uh like i said stayed in a hostel for a week hostel for a week took me that long to find a room and apartment and what i was paying for lived down in elwood which is near st kilda which is like a beach side pretty popular Mm -hmm. beach city Mm -hmm. in beach town in melbourne yeah and i was living in a two-bedroom two-bath i paid at the time because the exchange rate is different now Mm -hmm. i paid 944 australian for the month which was 723 for my own bedroom own bathroom And walking, obviously walking distance to public transport in a really good area with like families and young professionals, like a clean, safe area. Um, And it was an apartment complex and my roomie was great. Yeah. And let's see. And how did you find that? It was just through Facebook? Yeah. It's this Australian housing group called Fairy Floss. For those of you that don't know, Fairy Floss. Hey, I know Fairy Floss. Okay. Yeah. It's cotton candy. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. Huh. Before I moved there. There was, um, yeah, their graphic designer or art director is pretty dope. That's how I found out about them. What is, wait, what is it? It's, um, his, oh, I forgot what his name was, but he was on the 529 podcast. That oh, I okay. Found out about him. Oh, okay. And he found out about Fairy Floss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't know what it was. So it was called, I don't know why the housing group is called Fairy Floss. Right, yeah, that is, re- it's literally just called, called like, Fairy Floss. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, Okay. Um, what else? So the exchange rate at the time when I was there was one Australian dollar was between 75 and 78 cents. Cool. But now it's dropped a bit. So it's now one Australian dollar to 69 cents. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's fluctuated a yeah, bit yeah. as the economies do, right? Yeah. Public transport, I thought was absolutely incredible, mm. but everyone laughed at me because we are from a city that has no public transport. So for me, I was like, oh my gosh, the trams run every five minutes? Like, wow. that's fantastic. Yeah. And people, and the bus comes every 10 minutes? <laughs> On time? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, like, this is nothing. They're like, it's so inefficient. They're late. It's not often. I'm like, and the oh, public okay. transport ran 24, or the trams ran 24-7. Wow. Okay. I'll be 
twi- in the middle of the night, they'd run like twice an hour. Yeah, yeah. But still, like it's plan your night to get exactly. to, you know, give yourself 20 minutes to walk to the nearest trim stop. Cool, cool. Um, so I thought it was fantastic. I use it all the time. It was a bit expensive. Okay. For each ride, no matter bus, tram, train, whatever, is about four dollars ten cents Australian. Gotcha. Which was about three bucks US yeah. for each time. Mm-hmm. Right now, big so blue. it doesn't matter how far the no. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, I mean, right now I'm taking like the big blue bus around Santa Monica, and that's a dollar twenty five. Yeah. So to me, that's pretty inexpensive. Right. But. But the quality of the trams and buses there is mm-hmm. really great, right? Everything's well-maintained. Yeah, yeah. Everything's clean, sure. et cetera. So. Okay. I felt like setting up my life there, bank accounts, mm-hmm. cell phones, uh, public health insurance, ordering things online, like the ease of paying for things. I, yeah. I felt like everything was just... Was just uh, kind of handed to me like it, it was That's simple awesome. yeah. it wasn't hard to get integrated into into yeah. the culture really but um truly there was no I mean there's no language barrier yeah. I also think that <laughs> That's what helped me assimilate so quickly, whereas, okay. you know, South America, like, you're yeah. running your life in a different language. Right. And I love that challenge, but at the same time, I think I felt like Australia came extra, extra easy for mm-hmm. me because, one, no language barrier, two, a solid group of friends yeah. that I already had there, and I just asked for their advice every yeah. time I got stuck on something. Right. Man. So, okay. um, <laughs> and then a few other things, like, as far as culture, mm-hmm. um, Drinking culture is way different there. <laughs> it's a lot more lax. It's uh-huh. a lot more social accepted, a lot more social, okay. exactly. Um, they don't drink to get drunk there. They drink because it's a social thing. It's a way yeah. to be with each other, a way to oh, go out cute. and socialize. Yeah, yeah like, like most other countries, right. right? America, for a long time, has had a different type of drinking culture, yeah. like a perceived drinking culture, right? Right. Um, and I think we're slowly trying to change that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, in Australia, you know, it's totally normal to have a big night out on like a Monday or Tuesday night and be totally fine to go <laughs> to work the next day. But even like, you know, tell your coworkers like, oh, I had a big yeah. night out. And it was like, people were like, oh, where'd you go? Right. So was that shocking for you to kind of just go I tell you it was so much more easygoing. Yeah. Okay. Like if you told someone, I feel like in some parts or some industries, if you told someone here, mm-hmm. you had a big night out on a Monday or Tuesday, unless yeah. you were living in Vegas like I was. Right, right. But if you were, like, in L.A., people would be like, oh, my God, like, what? why did you have a big night out last? Like, what right. was the occasion? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there, the, it has to be something. Yeah. Rather than just, like, a regular night with yeah. your friends or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, an interesting fact, I felt like there's no, I mean, it's, it's, I felt like there's no pressure to be an entrepreneur or an inventor or mm. a billionaire by 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I feel like that's <laughs> that pressure is very um noticeable here yeah. in the u.s like the average age of the entrepreneur in australia is 37 oh wow yeah okay it's so interesting so like people aren't they don't have this like milestone to reach by a certain age yeah. people are just doing their thing they're going along with yeah. life because the, I, the culture is still very much like how like live your life yeah. you know work to live not the other yeah way around for sure so Aww. yeah i know 
It's great. I loved it. Gosh, stop telling me all the stuff that I love about Australia. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll I get know. There. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go whenever that happens. <laughs> um, but cost of goods, you already told us a little bit about the currency mm-hmm. uh, exchange rate and stuff like that. But, you know, um, talk about how expensive things were or maybe cheaper right. and things like that. Right. So as far as produce, um, and I try to buy a lot of like fresh fruits mm-hmm. and vegetables no matter where I am. Yeah. Uh, produce was pretty inexpensive, pretty cheap because they, they grow it there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They don't really have to import it. Yeah. So pretty crazy inexpensive. Cool. So I remember like huge bags of carrots mm-hmm. would be like 80 Australian cents which is like 60 Wait, cents okay. for a huge bag, 60 wow. cents US Okay. for a bag of, a big, big bag of carrots. And this would be organic? Uh, no, not organic. Oh, okay, okay. But still. <laughs> but still, yeah, yeah. I was like, why is that? So, that sounds like so, so, so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay. just things like that, like produce was inexpensive because we didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have to import it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I thought transportation was a little bit pricey, but worth it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, going out to brunch or lunch still ran you about 30 to 40 uh, Australian, which is, you know, 25 to 35 US. Yeah. So I felt like going out was just as expensive as you would here. And they, it's well known that, I mean, the whole, the whole bar scene is different there too, because the shots are smaller. Okay. And an Australian shot is like. I think 1.5 ounces sometimes. Gotcha. Okay. And then in the U.S., some people will use a two-ounce shot glass yeah. to to mix their liquor in for cocktails. Okay. So drinks are actually quite pricey in Australia. That's why there's so much um, pre-gaming or pre-drinking. Oh, Drinking like before you go out. Gotcha. Yeah, because you're still paying like 14 bucks a drink, 14 bucks a cocktail there. Yeah. Not for a beer, glass of wine, but right, like... Right. Um, the wine pour is regulated. It's five ounces, mm-hmm. uh, no more, no less. On every wine glass in Australia, cool. in every bar, yeah. there's a line etched. Oh. So if you go past that line and you get caught by regulators or whoever, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's crazy. You can't serve. You legally can't serve more than that per glass. Oh my gosh. Which is crazy. In the U.S., like if the bartender likes you, the more wine you get. Yeah. That's how it works here. Right. Right. So wow. yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Five right. ounces. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, what about clothing and stuff, though? Like, if you were to go to H&M or if they... Like, yeah, clothing, I H&M. felt like, was the same. Same. Okay. Same pricing. A lot of Uniqlo there. A lot of Asian shops there. Okay. Um, it was about the same. And then, you know, China's pretty close by. Yeah. So, clothing. Yeah, I didn't shop a ton. Actually, this yeah. is from Australia. <laughs> hey. I didn't even realize that. I was like, yeah, this, like, cardigan It's a good is. color. Thank you. But, yeah, <laughs> clothing was pretty much about the same, the same there. Um... For a lot of brands like you, like American brands, Nike, etc., yeah. they were actually quite a bit more pricey. Okay. Um, there was a lot of things at Sephora that either weren't available yeah. in Australia, or they were way more expensive. Not way more, maybe like ten to fifteen dollars more. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say. Some of these service jobs, like bartenders and servers, do start at twenty-seven Australian dollars an hour, which is how much? at the time we're recording this, it's about eighteen point five U.S. Man, which isn't bad. That is not that bad. Yeah. 
So, okay. Yeah. So, um, that also leads into, you know, tipping's not really part of the culture. Okay. There you can tip a little bit if you feel that service right. was exceptional, but because the base wage mm-hmm. is, is enough to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, tipping's not really a norm there. I yeah. think it's only becoming a thing yeah. truly because tourists. Tourists and Australia sometimes likes to look at the U.S. and model their culture after the U.S. I see, I yeah. see. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if it's if you do tip, it's not more than like 10%, 12%. Gotcha. Yeah. And so. it's like if you, um, so if, I for, if I'm like, all right, I don't want to tip and I walk out, they're not going to come chase after no. me, right? Mm-mm. Which <laughs> I've had happen oh, yeah? in the U.S. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the U.S. for People sure. have literally chased me in the U.S. saying, why did you leave this tip? I'm like, because you did a sucky job. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of being a server. Uh, granted, that was when I was 17 years old. Oh, okay. And that was the only time I've ever left less than 15%. Yeah. Okay. The only time in my life. I see. But who does that? She, she probably thought she'd get away with it because we were teenagers. Oh, yeah. You can't chase after someone for not tipping exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> Has that happened to you? Um, I don't think it's happened to me. I don't think so. But I've heard like it's happened to friends and family members for crappy services. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. But what can you do? Yeah. Tell us mm-hmm. how working there was like. Yeah. Well, working there uh, was just as you would imagine any Australian workplace to be or any Australians to be. Australians are typically known as very cool, very chill. Yeah. Like They like to have a good time, very friendly, right? Yeah. Uh, and I felt that way about the workplace. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only did they promote growth and community, but it was also a flexible lifestyle. That's as awesome. well flexible yeah. hours you can work remote if you need to cool. um even working in some pretty intense industries we still got off work around five or six every day yeah and made time for real life yeah. after work you That's know great. going out with your friends or family yeah. or getting home to your kids yeah. or a significant other or going to the gym and having time for yourself That's great so yeah, work-life balance yeah very very important absolutely and i worked um in advertising when I was there, and then yeah. I also worked for like a digital health tech startup, kind of like cool. an accelerator. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Two very different things, but you know, in advertising. And then I, Australia was where I kind of successfully pivoted my career mm-hmm. to fully work in event marketing. Yeah. And was that kind of like your plan in the first place, too? You're like, all right, after being in advertisement mm-hmm. in Vegas, you were like, oh, I kind of want to shift into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After Vegas, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that's your passion, too, right? You yep. love doing events. Yeah. Um, and she's great at it. So. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, what about friends? Meeting new people. You already had a few friends there, but how did that grow? Yeah. I had a crew of, like, six best friends basically before I got there, but I actually kind of introduced most of those cool. people to each other. Yeah. And it worked that we all liked each other. Yeah. Could you imagine if like, I know. we didn't? It's like bridesmaids getting together. I know. <laughs> but you know, I'm surprised we all got along, but I really felt like, I didn't, I didn't even know that it worked. I didn't yeah. feel like, oh, these people would, would get along. I was just like, you know what? These are all the people I met while traveling. Yeah. I think there's a different mindset you get when you've traveled mm-hmm. a long time, long-term right. traveling. It kind of puts you in a different state of mind sure. truthfully I, I truly believe it makes you more open-minded as yeah, well that's awesome um and another thing i think it makes you is like down keen <laughs> keen for many many things yeah. right so we're all kind of the same mindset when we got there like we had all met while we were traveling yeah. we were 
in this all in this new city we want to explore. So cool. And yeah. even Jack, who lives there, was born and raised there. Yeah. She was excited. She's like me in the sense where she gets her energy off other people yeah. and crowds and being social. Yeah. But she was so excited that this group of people were here learning about her city and she That's was cool. doing things that she hadn't done before in Melbourne. Yeah. Like rediscovering your own city. Yeah, yeah. Because you had new people there. So That's awesome. That was really exciting. Um, I loved it because we all wanted to hang out all the time. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. I saw my friends there like... Probably like two, three times a week. Wow. Which is a lot. Like yeah. whether we were going out for like Vietnamese food in Richmond yeah. or we were going down the coast for like mm-hmm. a beach trip or we'd go to like South Melbourne Market to go eat oysters. Yeah. How many times have I talked about oysters on T2 Every, every single before? episode. <laughs> oysters. Oysters. <laughs> um, Stop it with the seafood. I love oysters. <laughs> I love oysters. I love oysters. <laughs> I'm gonna sneakily, sneakily oh talk God. about oysters in every I single episode. Like, oh my God! Here she goes. Here she goes talking about oysters. But yeah, so we wanted to hang out all the time, uh, my friends and I. And there was always, it was easy because there's always something going on in Melbourne. Yeah. There were market, these amazing food markets. There was always a festival. There was always a free show or a concert so in the cool. park. Yeah. Um, there was Night Noodle Market. Woo! Man. I know. Night Noodle, noodle Market. market. It's basically all like all that. kinds of Asian foods. But the great thing about these things is like, you there's no entry to get into them. You just pay for what you consume. Man. Yeah. Taking notes. People, yeah, okay. United that States of America, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, here you gotta be like, oh, not only do you have to pay for what you consume, mm-hmm. there's also twenty dollar entrance fee, yeah, and then again, like you know, especially in places like L.A., you gotta fight traffic, you gotta find parking, yeah, it's gonna take time. Like in in Melbourne, you just take the train. Oh, I'll take the train to right. Yard Park. I'll see you there. Man. See you at Night Noodle Market. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, right, so. and it, it it makes for more business too. You want yeah. more people, yeah. To go get your food, you don't have to have an entrance fee. Right. Yeah. Ooh, what we did love about Night Noodle Market as well is the mm. first time, apparently this is a reoccurring festival. Ooh. First time this festival did this though, it was completely cashless. Wow. Yeah. Super so easy. Swipe it. Swipe, 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 swipe. Take my money. Yeah. Swipe, swipe. <laughs> nice. Swipe, swipe, swipe. What time of year is it? Just because just I uh, This was in February, so it was like summer. Okay. All right. Yep. Perfect. February. See you there in a month. <laughs> See ya. Recording live from yes. Australia. Oh, man. At the Noodle Festival. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as dating, oh, that yeah. was always funny. I did, I was on the apps there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bumble was really the only one. Hinge okay. didn't exist at the time there, okay. but Hinge is there now because gotcha. I have a few friends. Are these are American there. companies? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. Uh, I don't use Tinder. I dislike Tinder. So it was really just Bumble while I was on there. Um, and it was very, very casual as Australians were. And I also felt like I had kind of a timeline working against me because I was on a working holiday visa, right? Yeah. I was essentially like a temporary, like an immigrant. Yeah. That was going to be sent back to my country. At a, oh my God. I'm serious. Like yeah. this is kind of what I felt like. And it was almost every date I went on was kind of like an interview. It's like, well, Aww. so when are you going back? Yeah, like, yeah. how long are you here for? Right. So I felt like that affected it a little. I mean, I'll never know for sure, right? 
but I felt like I always felt a sense of slight discomfort whenever mm. that topic came up. Cause, gotcha. Because, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was it was fine. I mean, yeah. I didn't, you know, I never go somewhere thinking I'm like, oh, this time I'm going to find my husband know, or anything right. like that. But, yeah. um, but it was an inter- interesting experience. I met some great people, yeah. some fantastic people awesome. that worked in a lot of different industries. I remember... I I was going on like a date a week at one point and I had like a Rolodex of occupations. <laughs> like I met a guy that was a chiropractor and we went cool. on a few dates. All right. And you know, I text my friends about it and yeah. they're like, oh, I've been looking for someone to crowd my back. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty yeah, hilarious yeah. actually. Cool. Did you feel a different type of vibe too with guys out there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think Australians are more casual about dating it mm. seems I don't know maybe it was just the guys I encountered yeah yeah and to be honest I was like on an app you know yeah. people have different expectations mm. on an app so um I did meet a couple guys while I was out okay. who you know took my number and we yeah. ended up going out to dinner or something gotcha. that just kind of fizzled out yeah I don't know I didn't really date anyone long term while I was there gotcha so, gotcha yeah but it was like, made for some great stories to be yeah. honest like yeah good after experience dark, after dark <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So what was the biggest lesson you learned? It wasn't really, I felt like there weren't any lessons to be learned. It was more just me, again, upping my life, relocating to a new country, staying there for a longer amount of time this year, this time, Mm -hmm. and really just assimilating into that culture. That's great. Like I said, 10 times easier Mm -hmm. uh, because there's no language barrier, but really just learning how the city works. And I inserted so many heard so many positive things yeah and i'm like i can't wait to like and it exceeded every expectation Mm -hmm. everywhere you go in melbourne every bar is down some kind of dark alley but it opens up into this cool amazing nice hipster like melbourne has a very hipster vibe the art the bar scene like the intellectual scene out there is is all very it's exciting. Yeah. There's something new every time. Like there's some so cool. always some kind of festival, always something to learn. Like it's yeah. just it's such an excellent scene out there. That's why it's such a good city for living. I think ideas mm-hmm. just truly thrive. For sure. Out there. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't any biggest lessons. It was just like, okay, pick up your life, move again. Yeah. Learn how to live in this country that so very luckily accepts foreigners. Yeah. Pretty easily. I mean, if you have the means to, you mm-hmm. know, we, we understand like how fortunate we are to have like the financial means Definitely. to be able to do that. But yeah, that was the whole, the whole thing was a learning experience. Yeah. I just remember, um, being excited to hear your experience when you got oh. back to LA and stuff like that. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was like <clears throat> wild in the sense, like it wasn't South America crazy. It was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm living in a new city. This is my new city. I had an apartment right. and I had a bank account. Yeah, I yeah. had phones. I had j- a job. I had my gym, my grocery store, my yeah. XYZ, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so let us know what your favorite part of Oh, I have so many. I know. I have so many favorite parts, but, um, you know, I felt like I, it was cool. It was amazing to backpack around for your, obviously. Yeah. But it felt refreshing to settle down again and kind of slow life down and and build a community out of where I was. So while I was there, I picked up boxing at Fight Fit Collingwood. That was my place that taught me. I loved it. And it wasn't, um. Not necessarily sparring. It was more boxing training. 
right? I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you would have strength. Yes. Yeah. You okay. would have loved it. Yeah. And they always played the most like beast mode music. Yeah. I think my favorite part about that place was the music because they knew how to get people into that's awesome the right mindset with their track list and that's yeah. so important. For sure. And people were new there all the time yeah. and the trainers were excellent and yeah. they had really good facilities and man. Bring it to bring it to LA. Yeah, okay? dude. You and they got two clients here. <laughs> For real. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. I loved it. Awesome. I loved it. Um okay. you know, and that I picked up both without not without a few minor injuries but yeah. but it was okay yeah. um, uh wine obviously lots and lots of wine regions yeah. in Australia one of my goals was to try to get to as many wine regions as I could in the mm-hmm. year that I was there yeah I only ended up going to two cuz <laughs> <laughs> there are trips but I did go wine tasting quite a few times yeah. Um, in the city, oh, quite a few times. I'd probably go at least every other week. <laughs> Turn up. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. And then like, um, Mornington Peninsula had a bunch of, which is like the area right below, okay. right south of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. They'd have a bunch of wine regions too. So it'd be a quick hour, two hour drive Sweet. out of the city. Yeah. Nice. So cool. I do some wine tours when friends came into town to visit Aww. as well. Yeah. Wine is just, uh, and you know, what I loved about it too. I don't know, this may be a sweeping generalization, but I feel yeah. like here, maybe every other guy you meet will just start getting into wine. Mm-hmm. But in Australia, everyone drinks it. Yeah. Everyone drinks it. So it'll it. be weird for me not to drink. Yeah, people are like, <laughs> what? You don't like it? Like, we grow it. Which is funny, because yeah. we grow it here in California. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like you come a lo- across a lot of yeah. people here that don't drink it, but everyone in Australia gotcha. drinks it. It's yeah. kind of like having a beer here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'll just have a glass of red. Right cheeky glass of red i'll have a cheeky glass of red when yeah I go to Australia <laughs> just to do it you got to yeah yeah, yeah. i gotta turn this I, <laughs> I talked about all okay. the types of markets they'd have museums uh museum nights at ngv i feel like i follow ngv and oh they have the dopest thing yes there. you the follow ngv art. i do i do they're amazing I'm very like like amazed at their artwork and all the exhibits Incredible. that they have there yeah I, and oh i loved it they had they, it was cool. They'd put bars in there, and they'd do, like, dance parties. Ooh. We visited... We went to the Dior exhibit there mm. as well. Like, it's just a fantastic place, and there's beautiful fountains outside. Yeah. Like, it's great. It's in kind of the arts district of Melbourne, okay. so there's quite a few other things to see around yeah. it. I, I want my wedding there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, royalty. <laughs> and one of my favorite parts was... Australia legalized gay marriage while I was there, which was a huge milestone for the country. That's great. Um, And a lot of people's responses were literally about time, finally. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was was no backlash, like one side of it. No, no. They were like, this is a long time coming. This needed to happen a long time ago. Amazing, amazing. So that was was a historic moment to see, you know? Wow, and to experience that in... You experienced that when you were here in LA and then you go across yep. Yep. the continent and you're just like, wow, get to experience in a different continent. Yeah. Yeah. And That's see every so cool, seeing everyone's man. sentiment about it too was was so yeah. cool, you know? Cool. Like celebrating a big part of their culture mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> what about the hardest part? Like what what humps did you have to get over? Um oh, I don't know. I, I really don't think it was much. I think, again, it was just being away from family and friends yeah. and their big life events. Yeah. Luckily, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my visa was expiring, which is why I left. And the reason I didn't do farm work plus a second year there was because I had a few weddings that I had to attend and that I was in. So I wanted to be back for those. Right, right. Um, And unfortunately, I cannot work in the country again unless I get sponsorship, which is expensive. It's like 10000 for a company to sponsor someone. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I mean, in turn, you owe them like three to four years of your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's their contract. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I can't, you know, I'm glad I had that chapter. Yeah. I think if I were to do something differently, mm-hmm. I for sure 100% would have stayed longer. I don't, I don't regret anything, but I'm like, man, if I could just go back in time and like stay, do, do my role work, Mm, extend for another year, I a hundred percent would. Right. Yeah. You could leave the country and go back and everything. In your visa, as you can leave as many times you want. So you want to go to Bali for the weekend, go right ahead. (laughs) Easy. Go right ahead. I know. Wow. For some of us over here, it takes a lifetime to get there to Bali, but Bali to Australia is like what Mexico is to the U.S. Like a, Quick tropical getaway. Yeah. Inexpensive tropical getaway. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. All right. So that's like one piece of advice you would stay longer. What's another piece mm-hmm. of advice that you got for us? Um, Really, I just encourage anyone who's between the ages of 18 and 30 to go. If yeah. you have the means to go. For sure. Um, I say do it. You get the chance to meet new people. You get the chance to work in another country, Mm -hmm. uh, to live in another country. Like this builds so much character Mm -hmm. and it exposes you to so many new things. And truthfully, without a language barrier, it's much easier to do than a lot of other places. And like most Americans, I feel like we're on this strict trajectory of, or it's the old trajectory. I think we're trying to change it now. But, you know, graduate high school, go straight to college, go straight to the corporate world. And Mm -hmm. I think um, a lot of travelers like ourselves are hoping to inspire future generations of doing things differently, you Mm -hmm. know, like non-traditional. Exactly. The only way to, it's, it's not anymore. The only way to educate yourself is inside a university lecture room. That's not it. Yeah. Going out to the real world um, and, and going around and like doing a work exchange. Like that's, yeah. That's a massive deal. That's a lot of real life experience right mm-hmm. there for you. But I know not everyone has the means for sure to be able to do it. But if you can, I I urge you to explore it. Yeah, definitely. because the thing is, you're not locked into that visa. If you mm-hmm. hate it after two weeks, yeah. then bite the cost and come home. Mm-hmm. If you can, you know, like you're not. There's no law there keeping you there. Yeah. That there none whatsoever. For sure. If it doesn't work out, you know, like mm-hmm. my dad always says, if it doesn't work out, don't be afraid to come home. Yeah. And like another good compromise too, if you do want to go to college after high school, is study abroad, right? Yep. Yep. That's an opportunity right there. And you could find scholarships, grants, and things like that yeah. while you're in school to yep. help you, you know, study abroad. Yeah. Much, much, much easier said than done. You mm-hmm. really got to work yeah. for those. And I'm talking hours for and sure. hours and hours of work. It's not easy. Yeah. Like straight up, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But if you really want it, I think this about everything in life. Mm-hmm. If you really, really want it, you want something to happen, you're going to yeah. put in the time and the work to do it. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, if you really want to pick up and move to Australia, you will al- you will adjust your life mm-hmm. to do that. And you'll plan accordingly. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Yeah. You planned right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Australia, I miss you. Um, Unfortunately, my whole group of friends there is actually 
in back in their home countries now besides mm-hmm. Jack who lives there. Yeah. But um most of us have moved on and it was like an amazing chapter in our life story and yeah. You know, if you go back there, it will never it won't be the same cuz I won't have my same people, uh, etc. but it, and yeah. it'll be different, you know, yeah. you get older and, and right. things are just different, but you know, hoping and praying and and hopefully a small donation to these crazy wild bushfires will help yes. out. Anything helps, but yeah. keeping them in my thoughts and prayers. Leah, thank you again for sharing another continent <laughs> experience <laughs> with us. My pleasure. Yeah, it was great. And uh, don't forget, uh, we have a visual podcast on YouTube. It is Ticket to Anywhere podcast. And you will see a lot of the photos and like the, the visual side of what Leah has explained on there as well, if you guys are interested on that. Yeah, I think it's way more interesting. We get it. But we get it. If you can only listen to us, be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher. Um, And we are on all the social medias. So find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search at ticket number two anywhere podcast. And then on Twitter, we are T2A podcast. We definitely want to know, actually, if you've ever made a huge move mm-hmm. to another country or a big life change or a spur decision that would change the course of your life. We want to hear it, so drop it in the comments, send us a note, leave us a voice note on Anchor. We'd love to hear uh, your worldly life experiences as well. Thank you again, guys. Yeah, see you. Bye.